0: Hi there, it's Christy Lee here and welcome to episode number 123 of the People Powered Business Podcast. So great to have you here. Hope you're having a wonderful day, whatever it is that you are up to. Now, today's episode of the podcast is going to be a conversation that I know some of you are going to find a little, I want to say confronting and possibly challenging. And I know it's something that many of you are hoping is not the case. But what we're talking about today is workplace flexibility for our team, what it looks like in a post or current COVID era, and what does it really mean for you and your business? Because here's what I have noticed recently. I'm going to share some of the projects I've been working on with some of my clients and the stark reality that has confronted us when it comes to the need for workplace flexibility things just ain't like they used to be, folks. (laughs) There's no denying the fact that things have changed. I'm going to chat a little bit about why. And what once was a workplace perk in terms of flexibility in the workplace is now simply the new norm. It's a baseline expectation from employees. And as business owners and people who run and manage businesses, Sometimes that's really hard for us to not only get a grasp of, but also figure out how we can actually compete in that market because, you know, for many of us, it's not that simple. So we're going to talk about why workplace flexibility is the new norm, why we need to pay attention when big businesses such as Telstra, who I'm going to share a little bit more about in a moment... Uh, taking this so seriously, they are changing agreements and awards with the Fair Work Commission to embed this into their workplace rights. And if, we're, if they're doing it, then we ought to be better paying attention as well. And I guess also what workplace flexibility can actually look like, because it's not the same for all of us. And, you know, for many of us, we can't simply say, sure, I'll work from home all the time, because it just doesn't work. But what can it look like so that we can actually win this war on talent? Because it is really impacting our ability to attract people into our businesses. Now, I know for some of you, you might be perhaps rolling your eyes or getting that sinking feeling in your stomach where you're thinking, come on, can't things just go back to how they were? Or why is everything the employee's way? Um, Why do we have to keep bending and flexing to suit their needs? And I get it it can be frustrating. But sticking your head in the sand on this one is definitely not the answer. And we have to deal with the reality of what we're faced with in the market that we are in right now. And just like anything, markets will change. Things will change. But right now, this is what we're dealing with. And to be honest, I think this is one thing that isn't going to change dramatically moving forward. So let's look at Workplace flexibility, what it is, and and why it is the new norm. So, here's the thing: when we talk about flexibility, we're talking about a lot of different things. But really, at the crux of it, we're talking about giving employees the choice and the chance to work their role more flexibly, and that can mean different things for different people. So, I'm thinking right now um, of some of our members of People Powered HR actually, who have a really flexible approach. when their staff do the work. For them, it doesn't matter whether the work's done at 10am or 10pm, as long as it's done. Literally, it does not matter to their business. As long as the work is done, that's what matters. So they're really flexible around when the work is done. And for many of their staff, particularly those that are parents, to be honest, it means that they are doing work of an evening or of a night, maybe after the kids are in bed, because that works for them. And it means they can be present to, you know, do school pick up run around on the afternoon activities, uh, which are all back in swing. And I've got to say, I'm finding it exhausting getting back into that routine this year. But it gives them that flexibility. And what it means is they're able to not only attract great staff but keep great staff because that's what they want. So it could look like, you know, when the work is completed. Obviously, it also is where the work is completed. And, look, my personal view on this is that the pandemic has purely fast-tracked a trend that was always going to come. And I do believe the pandemic has fast-tracked that trend really, really quickly. So what I know for certain, working with businesses and employing staff pre-pandemic time, is there was already a desire an interest, a thirst from employees to have more flexibility about when and where they work. And where they work was always starting to become a real challenge because really the need to be in an office was fading away. And that was pre-pandemic. I think back to the days of having my consultancy practice, when everything was hosted on a server if you weren't in the office, actually getting access to that server was, to be honest, nigh on impossible. And certainly if you could, it was extraordinarily slow and clunky and you know you, it was harder to do your work. So you, know, you think back 10, 15 years, for many of us, literally because the IT, the tech, the logistics wasn't in place, you had to be in the office on site to do your work. But over time, That is no longer the case. And employees knew that. They could see it. They could access things when they needed to at home, and the employers wanted them to do that. So of course, they had started asking the question, well, if it works for me to access things outside of hours whilst I'm at home, why does it not work for me to work from home? And there was already this tension building. I started to see it in 2017, 2018, certainly into 2019, where employees were starting to really... I don't want to say demand, but push the agenda for the ability to work from home. And we already had started to see that employers who were able to offer that, at least in part, were able to attract better quality applicants. So what we're seeing now is probably just what we would have seen in 10 years time anyway. And I truly believe it would have taken us 10 years to get there because employers were so dead against the whole concept of working from home because so many employers were worried about actually being able to eyeball someone rather than having any way to measure the outputs and the outcomes that they were achieving in their role. So what I think has happened is the pandemic simply fast-tracked the inevitable. We know that workplace flexibility is the new norm, and studies are continuing to show us that. So, research from Career Builder recently has revealed that jobs who allow employees to work remotely received seven times seven times more applications in, than in-person roles, and that's current data. So, whilst during the pandemic, the ability to work from home was agreed upon by employers as a necessity. What do you think employees are thinking right now? Well, if it worked during that time for you, it's going to work right now for me. And employees are really pushing back on going back into the office. So what we've seen a lot is that most employers are wanting people back in the office at least a majority of the time, so at least three days a week. And employees are really pushing against that and saying, we'll come into the office, we can see some benefits But the majority needs to be work from home. And that balance is where we're seeing a tension point in a lot of businesses, where employees are saying, I'll come back in one or two days, but you're not getting me back in three days. And in fact, I've been working with a business recently who's trying to get their team back in office in a CBD environment. And the employees are point blank saying, I'm not doing it because my supervisor's not doing it. And the supervisor's saying, I'm not doing it because I'm more effective at home. And so the CEO of the business is stuck between a rock and a hard place because if she forces her senior staff to come back in more, she runs the risk of losing them in a competitive environment. So it's a really tricky balance that the businesses are facing. We know that a recent survey out of the Manpower Group showed that 40% of global candidates report that workplace flex- flexibility is among the top three factors they are considering When looking for a new role, this is an expectation for the vast majority of people these days. So, assuming that this is all going to just boomerang back or that we're going to be able to go back to how things were, I think is a really naive way to look at things. And I want to really encourage you to think about how you can embed flexibility as a a norm in your workplace because listing it as a perk just doesn't fly anymore. You're going to have to find something else for that. And I think it's really interesting that we've seen big business take action over this in recent weeks. In fact, at the time of recording, um, in the last couple of days, we've seen a case before the Fair Work Commission from Telstra. Now, like most big businesses, Telstra, amongst others, not always forward foot in terms of Um, things that are going to improve workplace morale and be very employee-centric. But Telstra, this in the last week or two, has actually gone to the Fair Work Commission to have their awards, so their modern award, as well as their enterprise agreements amended to add in workplace flexibility provisions, which will allow employees to request and must be approved flexibility in how and when and where they work. They've literally embedded it into their legislation, their their terms of employment. Now, if a big business like Telstra is taking that kind of forward, forward thinking, um, proactive, I guess is the word I'm looking for, step, then you'd better bet we better be paying attention to that. Because if we know applicants want this and expect this, and the big companies are doing it, if we as small businesses are not doing it, we run the risk of just not being able to get people into our businesses. Flexibility just helps us to attract the best talent. And we know, we all know right now, finding great people is incredibly difficult. Incredibly difficult across the board. Now, I often refer to research from Gartner in this podcast because it's really reliable research. Um, They recently did a survey of digital workers and their experience, and they found that 43% of their respondents said flexible working hours had helped them achieve higher productivity, and 30% attributed also a higher productivity to the lack of commute time involved. So there's a few different reasons and ways that this productivity increase is coming as a result of flexibility. And this is a really interesting one. A recent survey by FlexJobs found that 80%, 80% of respondents said they would be more loyal to their employer if they provided flexible work arrangements. And more than half of respondents were already negotiating flexible work arrangements with their employer. Now, we know from studies from both Gartner and Gallup that when we've got flexibility, engagement increases in the workplace. And I've spoke ad nauseum about engagement here on the podcast before. And so regular listeners will know that when you've got an engaged team, it results in higher productivity, higher profitability, lower absenteeism. These are tangible things we can measure. So we know that the majority of people are looking for flexibility. They're negotiating it. They're expecting it. They will be more loyal if they have it. So we need to think about how this looks for us in our businesses. I want to share with you a couple of recent examples, which have really highlighted this for me. I've been working on a couple, many actually really big recruitment projects with clients recently. Now, as a HR practitioner, I don't often work on just recruitment projects, but for my members of People Powered HR and my loyal consulting clients, I will assist with recruitment projects because it's such an important thing to get that hiring decision right the first time. Now, recently I was working with a client who was looking for a part-time employee to work in their office in a CBD location. They really wanted an in-office person because they've got a small team, they like to be able to collaborate together. They find the in-office scenario better for training, better for onboarding. And because they've got a small team, logistically, it's just simpler to say, hey, I need a hand with this. Can you do that for me? You know, that kind of practical logistical stuff. And so we went to market to try and find a -a three-day-a-week in-office person. And we got some applications. But to be fair, They weren't great. They weren't at the caliber that we needed for the position. And we did not end up appointing someone from that group of applicants. And I had to have a really bit of a tough conversation with this client and say, look, I know why you want in person, but I, I know this job could also be done remotely because they've got all the technology. There was no, you know, need for them to be on site. They weren't repairing vehicles. They weren't doing things like that. So the job could be done remotely in theory. And I encouraged them to think open-mindedly about that, which they did. And they said, look, hybrid would be great, but let's just keep it open. They were really open-minded. We went back to the market with the option of this being a work from home position based anywhere, but ideally able to attend the office from time to time. We went from 50 applicants of a poor caliber to two and a half thousand, two and a half thousand applicants. And a really huge volume of those applicants were of a very high caliber. They were spoiled for choice. It was a tough decision. They have now appointed someone. But just make that comparison. It is the exact same position. It is the exact same skills. It's the exact same hours. The hours didn't change. The flexibility that they created was around where the role was worked from. 50 Average applicants to two and a half thousand with a good portion of really quality, really great quality, actually, strong applicants because they were open minded and became flexible. Another example is one of our members of People Powered HR was recently hiring for a very important team leader position in an allied health kind of environment. And they again wanted someone in person because the role had always been an in office position in a CBD location. And that was really important that they kept that going. But they are in a really tough market. Finding people with this skill set, they're as rare as hen's teeth at the best of times. In the current market, it's even tighter. And they knew that would be tough. So they tried the in-office option. No applicants, no potentials at all. And so they decided, look, I'm going to be flexible and I'm going to see what happens if I put this out there as a remote position working from anywhere in Australia. Now, they didn't get two and a half thousand applicants, but they got a handful of applicants, which for this role was amazing, and they have got an exceptional new employee out of that process, who they wouldn't have got if it had to be in their CBD location office, because they actually live in a different state. So by being flexible, again about location, is what's really been able to attract the right people into these roles. Now These roles, these examples are both work from home examples, but that's not the only way that you can add flexibility in. You can add flexibility in about when the work is done, like the example I shared with you earlier about the ability to do work maybe of an evening, maybe of an early morning, because that works better with their work life. Perhaps you can be flexible about um, the, the number of hours worked. You know and we're seeing this rise of the four-day work week come in. And the four-day work week is not about working part-time. The four-day workweek is about getting a full-time equivalent workload done in four days or the equivalent of four days. And the businesses that are implementing that, it's not necessarily four full days, it's perhaps 30 hours over the week, however, you want to work it. I think the key here is focusing on outcomes. And what's being generated in terms of outcomes rather than the hours being put in? Because to to be honest, think about it yourself. If you can get the same outcomes in in less hours or in different hours, are you still getting the same outcomes? Are you still able to service your clients? Are you still making profit? Because if so, what's the harm in thinking about flexibility? For many of us, it is quite a mindset shift to go from one to the other but i really believe that this was always coming and so i think we just got to get on board and run with it and i personally love it now i know that it's not for every role in every business and there will always be some jobs that need to be done at certain hours we need nurses and doctors available all the time we're going to need them to work certain hours if you run a business where you're building houses or you're in a trade setting Of course, you need people on site. They can't. I totally understand that that is not relevant to working from home, but could there be flexibility on hours? You know, does the work need to start at seven a.m. and finish at three p.m. or could it be done nine a.m. to five p.m. or ten a.m. to six p.m. for example? Now, I know that's not traditional in a trade setting, but if that's prohibiting people from being able to work, maybe because they've got care responsibilities, or you know, it could be a whole range of reasons then why not think laterally? And that's all that this is about, thinking laterally to see how you can offer flexibility. Maybe although you've only ever employed full-time people, now's the time to start to think about more headcount, but part-time people to, again, allow that flexibility for someone to maybe be working a second job, sharing care responsibilities, studying. In fact, I've spoken to several people in the last week who want to balance part-time work and they want to go back to study. Um, And that's great, but you've got to be able to offer that flexibility. So this is about thinking laterally, thinking about what flexibility you can offer, what flexibility is important to the type of people you want to attract into your business and how you can embed that in. I'm a massive advocate for workplace flexibility. The whole reason I've structured my business the way I've structured it now is I wanted location independence. And I also wanted hours independence. I didn't want to be stuck in a nine to five situation. I didn't want to be stuck managing a team of people in an office. I wanted everyone to be able to work from wherever they work best. And some people like working in an office. And it's why so many hot desk shared, um, uh, what are they called sort of shared office situations are, are so popular right now, but it's not for everyone. And there are different ways to do things. So if you're finding it's a bit of a struggle with workplace flexibility, I just want to encourage you to think about this. Flexibility in the workplace for your employees is the new norm. It is an expectation. It's no longer a perk and it is what everyone else around you is doing. So you need to find ways to bet it in. If the big guys like Telstra are taking it that seriously, then we absolutely need to be taking it that seriously ourselves. And it's just a matter of thinking laterally and what it can mean for you and your business and your team. And it doesn't mean you need to um, necessarily give away the things that are important to you as the business owner. That's not at all what I'm suggesting. But think about outcomes versus inputs, what you're measuring and how it can be better leveraged. Because if you can give the flexibility your people want, you're going to retain them, you're going to increase engagement, which increases productivity, which increases profitability, decreases absenteeism, it all is good news. So have a think about it, see what you can come up with and let us know. Now, if you'd like to join a conversation about workplace flexibility and share your ideas with other business owners and leaders and managers, I really encourage you to join us in our Facebook group, HR Support for Australian Businesses. If you search in Facebook groups, you'll find it there, but I'll just pop a link in today's show notes to make it easier for you. But Come and join us there and uh, let us know what you're doing to um, harness workplace flexibility for your team. I'd really love to hear from you. That is it for me for today. Thanks so much for joining me here on the podcast, and I'll be back again next week with a brand new episode. Take care, everyone.